Hello, everybody. I'm Jared. And my name is Elle. And you're listening to The New Leaf Project. Today, on today's episode, we've got a first-time contributor. Uh, his name is Dan Sheffield. He a uh, really good friend of mine. Really love him. Dan is a brilliant thinker. He's written books on multicultural leadership. It's called The Multicultural Leader. You should check it out. Uh, because I think uh, this is one of the most important topics we could be talking about in Canada right now. Um, and he is uh, interviewing somebody in the city of Hamilton called Dave Overholt. It's a church called Church in the Rock. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what we're going to be listening to, Al? It's a great episode that Dan had with, uh, with Dave. Really great conversation. And essentially, Dave shares the beginning of this church. And so in 1992, it was six Hamilton pastors that got together and had this um, service. I believe it was called The Alternative. And it was for it was for youth and young adults and college-age students. And in its heyday, there was like 700-plus high school, college students that were coming. And in 1997, they planted a local church. They had been all over the place in, in bars and cafes and gyms. And in in, 20, in 2007, um, they ended up uh, with a location on Upper James in Hamilton. And so it's really interesting to listen to the story that Dave shares because he talks about when they were first a church plant and how that kind of birthed out of that um, that service that was happening on Mohawk College. He talks about their, their core team and their mission and their vision and values and how that morphed over time as they became a more mature church. And so it's a really great look at a church plant that started and that has continued and has continued to focus on young people. So give it a listen. It's a great interview with uh, with Dan and Dave, and uh, I, I think you'll enjoy it. All right, let's give it a listen. I'm here today talking with Dave Overholt. He's the uh, lead senior pastor at Church on the Rock in Hamilton, Ontario. And uh, this is a, a church that we're going to explore a bit of their story uh, in this conversation. But uh, I remember I, I first uh, came to a, a Sunday night event held at Mohawk College Theatre in, I think, the fall of 2001. <laughs> and there was, there was literally 500 kids, teenagers, young adults in that room. And I remember being blown away by it uh, because this kind of thing wasn't supposed to be happening. And I brought my teenage daughter and my preteen son, <laughs> and uh, in one way or another, we've been connected over all those years, although this will probably be the longest conversation Dave and I ever had. <laughs> so that's just a, a, a short interconnection here for, uh, for Dave and I. But uh, I'm... We've got a few questions, and I'll, we'll just get started and see where it goes. Um, so I, I'm wondering about sort of, you know, really, when did this thing start? And where did it come from? Who were you that brought you to this place? Yeah. Well, Dan, I, uh, I never had a dream of being a uh, church planter. It never was one of those things burning in my soul. In fact, I came sort of kicking and screaming to it. I loved young people. That was it. I uh, had worked with uh, teenagers uh, for most of my life. And uh, in uh, Hamilton, six little Baptist churches got together and said, could you take care of our kids? And as long as I didn't have six bosses, I was fine. <laughs> and uh, started out with a little group of 20 kids. And uh, those would not go into small groups. So we made a little worship service. It was just the right time. You know how, how sometimes it's not because you're, you're amazing at all, it's just the right time. Right. 
uh, you know, church, uh, uh, what church of the rat and church of the John, uh, back in, in yes, at yeah, McMaster at Mac, yeah. where it was, were happening. And I went to that and I said, I bet you we could do that for teenagers. And uh, we started with 30 kids. And like you said, it grew up to several hundred kids. Yeah. And at that time, the, the chair of my board said, uh, Dave, would you consider planting this as a church? And, and his pitch to me was, could we, could we make a church that you don't have to wait 10 years to get the drums in the sanctuary? And in other words, can change be, can change be a part of the constant, right. part of the, the culture fabric of, of a church? And could a church be uh, you know, focusing on the next generation? Well, I love that. I said, I would join a church like that. I didn't want to lead it. Right. So, <laughs> so uh, it was interesting where he said, well, would you pray about it if all six pastors said, asked you to so I, I said I would but I thought it was it was fine especially these are Baptists they would not agree on anything so <laughs> it was great so I got there and uh, before we started new business uh, one of the one of the pastors said I've been thinking about that we should plant this as a church and two of the other pastors had dreams about it that week and so oh. it was it was seemed like such a supernatural event all six pastors asked if I would pray about it mm -hmm. so after a year of gathering some of my youth leaders together um, I think God convinced me and a handful of them, probably 10 adults, and uh, that we were going to do this. So um, 1997, so 20 years ago, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 20 years ago, we just called our evening youth service a church. We, um, we weren't in any denomination at the time because the, the Baptists were chill, still trying to figure out us out. Yeah, yeah. And, and about... I think about eight months into it, they uh, they offered to that we could join them, okay. which is great. Right. They've been fantastic, but um, so so during that time, we tried. So all we had an evening service. Our tagline was a, it was a church you could sleep in at, and it was awesome. So we had two big services, and we knew that needed to be something else because there are people from other churches there. Right. So we did try to do small groups, but then there wasn't anything that we can actually talk about the vision of the church, that it was scattered in the small groups, and we didn't want to do that in the large group. Mm. So we moved the small groups to the to the week, and then we started this unplugged service, sort of cool cafe, right, right. like uh, acoustic, like yeah. we were hipsters before yeah, hipsters. Yeah. And this was all still at, on the Mohawk yeah. campus, right? all on the Mohawk campus. Yeah. We were meeting at the Arnie. For the, uh, uh, the, that's the campus pub. Yeah, yeah. For the, uh, so, so the hipster unplug, service. Yeah, yeah unplug, yeah, and then we, yeah. we do the big. Well, we discovered that uh, people were so intimate around those tables that anyone knew that came in, they, they uh, were not welcomed right. at all. And we were stagnant, and we're just bumping along in that service. We set up table captains. We did everything we could to right. get them to be friendly. But right. people, the higher the intimacy, probably the, the yeah. The, the lower that the welcoming right. and so we just we blew the tables off and said we're gonna be in rows and I kept on thinking I'm becoming more traditional no <laughs> <laughs> and then and about five or six years into it some other uh, some of our couples actually six couples came and said well uh, we got married now we're having kids and our kids don't do well at night so we're all leaving the church right. and uh, that was such a shock and blow to us we, we prayed through that summer and said, gulp, we're going to do the morning service. And we did not want to. Uh, and, uh, but again, kicking and screaming to it, did the morning. 30 people moved up to the morning service. And, uh, and so we're doing the full-blown night service and the full-blown morning service. Right. Completely different sermons mm -hmm. and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and audiences. 
And uh, so we did that for a while. So it, it feels like a church plant that's 20 years old. It feels like a church plant of about maybe 13, 14 years. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, so yeah, so I came in it through through the back door through youth ministry. But I fall in love with it. I fall in love with the local church, and I really do think it's God's solution. So I, yeah. I'm so glad that I've been able to to be able to plant this church. Yeah. 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 Wow. So. That so that if we talk about kind of like your original vision and thoughts, so there was something about these churches that had a vision. Yeah, yeah. But it was really this business of of the focus on youth. And, yeah. Oh, do we can we plant a church with youth? Yeah, can we plant a church with youth? That in fact we called it the youth church at first okay. in, in our in our prayer meeting. Yeah. God stopped us dead. It was like we all looked up in our prayer meeting, looked at each other, and we said, "That's not right. That's not right." And so we went back in prayer and we came up and it, it was, we, we were all convicted that we were to be a church that reached to the community. It just happened to be that young people aged that 15 to 25 yeah, yeah. was a significant time in life that if we want to affect the most change and we wanted to do the most significant thing, we should be working with younger people. Right. And so, uh, yeah, so it really did bore, uh, sort of bore out of a great desire to see this next generation uh, not leave the church but fall in love with it yeah so so and i guess what i'm hearing is that, that there really was some sort of i don't know grown-up church leader denominational people yeah. that that were with you yep uh and then and then a core team sort of began to develop over time or yeah yeah a core team of i uh, it grew out of that prayer meeting i think right. the best thing i ever did was to take a year to pray about it because in that that team we had people come and go out of that that prayer meeting but after a year we had uh, people that were serious convinced by God that this was their place and not only that during that time was when we we sort of hammered out what our mission vision values were that some of the, the, the key first things this is who we were going right, to be right, right. before we went public before we launched because yep. uh, one thing I discovered like the day you launch everybody comes with their own vision of what you're going to be and people were saying oh good this is going to be the new charismatic church and we can be a part of it oh good this is going to be we're, we're yeah. going to be this new social action church oh good we're going to be the new god's truth church yes. and everybody had their own idea coming unless i had that core now albeit i think i had 10 people right but without that 10 people core um uh, we would have been flop back and forth right back right and forth yeah yeah through our first right, year right. so there was something about that establishing yeah who you were intending to be from yeah the beginning. and it was still hard because they you know at the early years you've got 10 adults and in a lot of teenagers that don't pay and you know they're not going to be there next year so so really it was the church of about 10 10 adults yeah. and uh in and, and when like another adult comes you go, yes, we are finally growing. And then they have a completely vi different vision. Right, yeah. And and you are tempted to, to twist and, yeah. and fit their vision into yours. But And when they leave, because it's different, yeah. it's it's more hurtful at first than it is yeah, now right, when, yeah. when you yeah. have a lot more people. Yeah. So you touched on, you know, one of my questions is, so like in this thing where like where did the money come from oh where did the money come from <laughs> this is awesome okay so it came from nowhere uh and <laughs> i sometimes like that'll I'll, be encouraging for some <laughs> so uh yeah this is what i really I, I i've had the privilege of mentoring some uh through especially through arrow some church planters 
And uh, yeah, this, it's, there is so much sacrifice that just you just lay on the altar with the whole church planting thing. So uh, again, so the denomination didn't put any money in. First eight months, we, we didn't have anything. Um, and, and that was, it was still relatively small right. uh, when, it, when it did come. And so day one, and none of the churches put money. They all gave us our blessing, but no money. Right. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. And so basically our elders, which was half the adults, uh, got together and gave me a very low wage, like tremendously low wage. Um, that I, I think it was like 15000 something like that for, for, for my first year. And then... Uh, what uh, my wife and I did, we had savings, retirement savings, yeah. and we cashed it out and put wow. it in the, into the offering plate week yeah. one so we can draw our, our wage. So um, wow. so basically we cashed out yeah. to be able to, to be in this. Now, what, what helped is that I have a wife that also has a job. Okay. It's not a full-time job. It was an right. occasional job, yeah. but it was enough that we could get by yeah. on her her wages and, right. and, and mine to yeah. be able to feed us. And you... And we're, we're, you, you were doing education studies all during this time, too. Yeah, yeah, I was. I, was, uh, I finished my doctoral studies in 2000, so the first three years I was writing my dissertation yeah. at the same time as I was doing the church plant. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, oh, the, oh, the young, the yes. energy. Yeah, that's right, right, right. Just uh, for our listeners, that may not be the best way to go about things, unless the Lord's waiting. A lot of things weren't the best way right. to go about it. So... Just, you know, a, a lot of church planters struggle in the first couple of years trying to figure out, is this, is this going anywhere? Did, did we make a mistake with the calling? Yeah, like, yeah. Is, like, is anybody else listening or is it just mm. me or am I not? You know, yeah. what, those first couple of years, like, is what, what, what were some of the ups and downs that mm. were moments that stand out to you? 20 years later <laughs> yeah yeah oh um, I you know so much of this is uh, just trying to do every Sunday pulling off the Sunday right. and uh, and pulling together some volunteers you just you, you church planters know this that there's there's just this mountain of work that you never thought of like all the finances yeah. and uh, I, I still remember thinking what we need a treasurer yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> can any of the ten count money? You know, and and so they became the treasurer, and and it was so horrible that the, I think after about the second year or something, they said we give up, yeah. and they had a year's worth of bills in a shoebox and handed it to us, wow. and said uh, we we can't do this. So you just stay up late and, and <laughs> become the treasurer for a moment. You become the treasurer for a moment. So there's there's huge moments of, of discouragement, and I had to keep on going back. Again, that's why I think that year yeah. of, of really praying about it and getting a strong sense from God that, uh, no, this is, I need you to do this. Because the, the doubts that kept on coming back to my mind were, well, Hamilton doesn't need another church. Hamilton, and okay, I, and I won't mention names, but <laughs> <laughs> this is so, I'm in the middle of this. I've sacrificed my finances, my family. I was offered a really good job at the same time to teach at a, yeah. at a, uh, at a, a scholastic institution yeah. at, at the very same time and so I turned that down so in the middle of this another very popular preacher opened up a church in the community mm. and within or he, he became a, a pastor of an established church and within months there were so many people there and and so the doubts that kept well well 
why am I doing what I'm doing? Yeah. God's already got his, his person doing what he's doing. Yeah. I must have heard wrong. Yeah. And I had to keep on going back to that year where there was just enough, um, think, no, no, I believe God said this. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to plod even if mine is this little, little bump on a log yeah. somewhere, I'm yeah. gonna be obedient to God until he says no. Yeah. So that, that really going back to the calling was so necessary. So along the way, when, when did you sort of <laughs> start to feel like, okay, we're, we're actually a church now? <laughs> we're, we're still getting there. Okay, yes, yeah, no, I, I understand the sentiment. <laughs> no, and it, it, it really is funny because in my mind, the back of my mind, there's little check marks that, mm-hmm. that need, to, need to be made before, maybe not before this is a church, but before, okay, I could, I could leave or get hit by a Mack truck and yeah. it would just continue to thrive. Right, yeah, okay, yeah. Or, yeah. or live. That's even. a good marker, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's sort of in the back of my mind. So uh, just to have an established sort of some kind of accountability eldership. Yeah. Thought, okay, that they, they own the church. Yeah. And, and so it's less and less me. It's, yeah. it's not Dave's church, yeah, it's yeah. our church. Yeah. When I started hearing more of that language, yeah. It's our church was so helpful. Yeah. And there's just some uh, very boring infrastructure things yeah. that uh, we had a financial team that uh, was, was going to be able to, you know, keep us accountable yeah. and, and uh, like, so that was, those were, were, were two big things. Uh, how, how many years in was that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I would say at least uh, six or seven. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, six or seven years into that. Um, and it's interesting, the last box I had, which is not a necessary box in anybody's mind, I know, but in my mind, uh, it was for a while, so I'm still chasing this, this rabbit, is the idea that we're going to have a place of our own, because yeah. we've been in rented facilities for 20 years. Yeah. At, Dan, at one time, we handled our equipment six times a Sunday. That's when we're doing a morning yeah. service, the evening service. We kept it in storage, so yeah. I had to go into a, a truck, then out of a yeah. truck for the morning, yeah. and then back in the truck to a second yeah. venue. Anyway, so just to be able to have a home of our own, yeah. so we're still doing that. We're, yeah, yeah. We're in the middle of, a, <laughs> of trying to uh, put a gym on the back of an old school at, that uh, that I can finally say, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the, uh, it, it's, uh, it's interesting because that's a, that's a common theme, this business hmm. of, of buildings. Yeah. Uh, you know, and do we need one or not need one? And a lot of church planters churches try to figure figure that out and uh, <laughs> see you guys now one of the, one of the things that I like about what you guys are doing just this is yeah aside I think is you've ended up with this amazing piece of almost semi-rural property yeah uh, that just right off the bat doesn't strike me as like a big mega church campus yeah uh, just say something about about your property here and some wow. of the vision for it. Wow. Oh, in a moment. Okay. Oh, dear. I could go on about this one. Yeah. Yeah. It's seven acres. Half of it is in forest. At, at first, we we were uh, unsure of what to do with that. Yeah. But uh, again, having a vision for uh, let's let's keep it rural. Let's keep it um, uh, being in the country. So I said, listen, you know, could, we should make a prayer path through that. And so I, I've got a, a couple of people that have just sort of bit into that and made this beautiful prayer path through forest acreage um, and I just shot out a vision uh, it wouldn't it be fun to have some prayer cabins that you can sign out for uh, silent retreats yeah. and uh, so a, a high school 
teacher said, hey, we've got a project we need to do. Uh, you give us the lumber and we'll build you the cabin. So he's, we have our first cabin on our property that we're, we're doing this. So it's, yes, uh, we are going to be a place where you can come. Um, one, church planters, you know, if you've got a, um, a rented facilities, part of the problem is you're invisible to the community, yep. you know. Yep. Uh, so yes, you want people to, to come to church that are unchurched. Yeah. I, I, I almost turned people away who were churched, but then I understood I had so many unchurched people yeah. that I needed to have some maturity there yeah. to, to, uh, yeah, to disciple them. And so during the summer is when people move and new people come yeah. to town and they yeah. drive around, oh, let's try that church. Yeah. And you're invisible unless you yeah. have a place. Yeah. And so we, we've got this place. So, yes, so we're going to put a gym up back, but it's be multi-purpose. It's going to be open. It won't feel like a church. It'll yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. more like a community center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then we have the forest. Uh, and yeah. uh, actually, we're really looking to purchase some more land to make a city camp that's on the, on the bus route that we're going to uh, open up uh, right. for, uh, for uh, kids in, in yeah. surveys for free to come out to camp and uh, do some soccer fields for the community, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't want to keep it like a, this is a, a, a church campus. In fact, we've sort of said we won't call the place where we worship the sanctuary. We're sort of like almost yeah. banning that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, it's uh, like, it's almost like a Catholic sort of thing to do. You know? <laughs> this, uh, this, like around Hamilton, there's, there is all these Catholic properties yeah, yeah. that are beautiful, Oases on the edge of the city. Yes, but you know, us evangelicals don't know what to do with that. <laughs> so it's, the uh, the integrated vision. That, that's something <laughs> I like about what you guys are doing. Um, so, um, okay, let me just how. So we've touched a little bit on okay, youth oriented, and you got this sort of Baptist connection <laughs> and. Uh, but uh, how would how would you describe Church on the Rocks? You're you're kind of I don't know. I I've got written down here your vibe. You yeah, know, yeah, you're, yeah. you're denominational. You're theological. Your approach to like where where do you fit on a continuum? Yeah, kind of yeah, very very yeah. I I get it. Um, you know, part of the part of this is my own you know theological. Yeah. Position yeah. and some of us our desire our mission for the, this next generation yeah. uh, just have a, a real um, uh, conviction that uh, this this generation does not want the, the fake they, they want the real yeah. and uh, they want a real encounter with God and uh, so I'm not uh, I, I'm, I'm very much one where uh, where I do believe in a very personal relationship with God and um, not only uh, so, so we're not studying historical texts we're studying texts that are alive yeah. and that speak to the spirit yeah. that is in us uh, and so we do uh, do evangelism we call it reaching we just reach out to those who are on the way to God yeah. and we invite them to um, to come to faith by uh, uh, faith to him and I firmly believe that when they come to faith that they, they receive the Holy Spirit yeah. and when they receive the Holy Spirit that's just the key to uh, life, you you cannot grow in Christ likeness without the Spirit. Yeah. Uh, you cannot, yeah, you cannot be more loving and more joy filled. Those are fruits of the Spirit. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. if you don't have the Spirit, yeah. and the way you get the Spirit is through some kind of uh, conversion event. How, however, they do that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's multiple ways they they come to Christ. But that's half of our mission is doing that. 
and so uh, so we have a, a the the vibe um, is uh, <laughs> uh, some call it uh, a Baptocostal. Okay. Yeah. Because because we're really sort of firmly sort of based off the word. Yeah. And uh, but there is a there's an aliveness and a realness of of uh, connecting with God. If, if I can tell you, there's there's two things that we've we've done uh, just a little differently mm-hmm. because we had so many people on the way to God. Uh, we tried to do communion and like, what do you do with communion? We pass the plates and the yeah. people on the way to God would just chug the juice and right. and thought, okay, well, well, I, clearly that's not not helpful. Uh, and so uh, so we tried different ways. And one way it seemed to work really well. We put the we put the elements at the back, and during a worship set, they could come in and, okay. and take yeah, take yeah, it yeah. at their own time. So that way, the people on the way to God could stay in their seats and, and not feel like they're mar- marked out or, or different. Right, right. And it's actually a witness to go up and, yeah, and take yeah, the yeah. take the communion elements. What we didn't realize there's a side benefits that these people are able to handle the the body and, and, and the blood of Christ for a time for 10, 15 minutes if they want and reflect and be on their knees, and and so it becomes very experiential. And so that that just upped our experiential part of the the communion, our our worship music because of the age group we're targeting is is more experiential. Yeah, yeah. And then I just noticed the Pentecostals um, would have a time where people would be ministered in the service. It wasn't like an informational thing. Yeah. And you go home and hopefully you get it. Right. That the service was a time when the spirit moved there. Yeah. I, I didn't like their model of coming forward to a yeah. to an altar, so yeah. we just made a push to prayer corner at the back. Okay. I saw camps doing this, right. and so now uh, for a four song set for however long, 20, 25 yeah. minutes, people are up taking communion or going back and being prayed for, okay. and so there's movement. There's a sense of mosaic right. Uh, right. learning instead right. of just linear, and it's pushed after the sermon. And so instead of the sermon's the last thing you go to reflect yeah. on, you reflect on the sermon during the service. Right. So it becomes very uh, experiential, very, uh, I'm going to respond to what right. I think right. God has said to me through the sermon. Uh, and, and so so that the vibe is, is relatively unique. So we're not like a Pentecostal church, right. but it's not like a Baptist church. It's, um, yeah, I don't know, like a camp? <laughs> well, so, so you're a guy who's been involved in camping all yes, of your life. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what did you say your doctorate was in? <laughs> yeah, philosophy of education. Okay, so there's maybe something educational. Yeah. Maybe, maybe there's something about, I don't know, this is a conviction I have, that hmm. there's something about what we do with Sunday morning that either helps our discipleship or hinders it. Yeah, amen. And I think uh, the the educational piece, we'll talk about that another time, but, <laughs> okay. but the educational piece, the thinking through how how are people actually making this real for themselves in yeah. this moment rather yeah. than just kind of, you know, hear the preacher and walk away yeah. and stuff. One, one, one of my young people said, uh, Dave, you're leaving time for the tap. So the, so the tap or the, the nudge of the spirit to say, yeah. well, you need to go and talk to this person or you need to get this straight yeah. with me in prayer. Yeah. So uh, again, so after the sermon, yeah. you know, leaving time for the tap. So like, how long are your services? <laughs> okay, this is a killer. Yes, we're an hour and a half. Okay. We're an hour and a half. And so you plan for an hour. That's not a mistake. That's so. not a mistake. We do an hour. I know church planting, thing, church growth tells yeah. me an hour. Yeah. So if I follow church growth, it's an hour. Get in, get out, hear the sermon, and get her, get her done. Yeah. But I, So I, I get all the college students together, yeah. and we get a lot of them. Yes. And I say, 
Okay, what should we cut down? No, they, we want a message. So the message is timed out at 35 minutes. Yeah. So it's it's not a short one. It's yeah. not your 45 yeah. minute one. Yeah. It's And so, okay, how many songs are we doing? We're doing six songs. Yeah. Average time about five minutes per song. So should we cut back some? Don't cut back the music. So they, they, they want the whole experiential yeah. package. And yeah. once in a while, we'll try and cut something back. And there's... There is like rebellion there, there they, because yeah. that they, they could probably go for two hours, yeah. but uh, but there when you've added this experiential component yeah. to it, yeah, it's an hour and a half, yeah, that mosaic, this piece, that piece, and an interplay rather than they're not just sitting there facing forward listening yes. the whole time. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes it well, our, our creative teams we brainstorm about how it can be interactive. Like we we did one just on. Uh, sort of life after death, that kind of thing, and just put paper all around the walls, and they came and just wrote names of people that have passed on, yeah. and, uh, yeah. and that was just a right. grieving, cathartic yeah, kind of yeah, thing yeah. that they were able to do, and, and yeah. uh, anyway, so there's there's yeah. action instead of, yeah, uh, participatories instead of spectators, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, like, I just remember that from the, the alt evening <laughs> service, Coming there, and those were usually two hours. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and like I was, I remember thinking, where is this going? <laughs> because there was there'd be a drama here, there'd be somebody jump yeah, up yeah. and do this here, and you were handed this, I don't know, a bulletin when you came in that made no sense to me at all. <laughs> and my kids loved it, and yeah. it like it was like there was. Four or five hundred people there on a regular basis, staying for two hours, and yeah. there's something about uh, that creativity. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So um, at this at this moment, you guys, okay, just for the sake of interest, yeah. What you're doing two services. Two services. What what kind of numbers are you running? Okay, so our average attention attendance is four fifty. Uh, 450 between the two services between the two services yeah. that includes children yeah. uh, and so whatever that means is people that would identify it with church on the rock as their home yeah. probably a little over 500 would say yeah. church on the rocks my home yeah okay so the you know so in your opinion <laughs> uh, what 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 would what would you say these are the reasons to the best of my oh understanding my why things are healthy and alive and growing at Church on the Rock. Oh my, it's a, yeah, <laughs> I know, God. and like I'm, I'm giving you a minute to respond. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my, uh, well, yeah, I, you know, my, again, my, uh, my roots, uh, a lot of prayer dependence on God, yeah. that's just, we, we uh, are, we call ourselves a pray first church, yeah. and we have a culture of prayer. Yeah. Uh, probably, um, I, I wish I could go through a bullet point that's been really well yeah. thought through, but uh, pr here are the few pieces. One of them, one of them is uh, is build a culture building. I am a big one on culture building. Yes. We know exactly what culture we're building yes. as far as discipleship goes, and we hammer that week after week after yeah. week. So we are doing a culture of prayer. We're doing a culture of Word of God, reading the Word of God. Yes. We're doing a, a culture of outreach, evangelism. Yes. Uh, and those things, uh, so just being in our milieu, that, yeah. that you catch that. So culture building is probably one of the biggest things. Uh, getting the right people, wow. 
I've made my biggest mistakes. If, you know, what's your biggest mistakes, Dave? Yeah. It's just getting the wrong people on the bus. Right. It's uh, just a, yeah, to quote Collins. But yeah. Um, yeah. I have just a great bunch of people now that they work hard and they're very personal. For instance, our small groups have grown like crazy. At one time, I, we might be, I haven't looked at our numbers this, this year, but we're 60% of the attendance in some kind of small group. Which is which is pretty amazing. Yeah. You say, well, how do you do that? Well, you know, maybe a strategy that we restart the groups. There's semester-long yeah. groups. Yeah. So that's so that's yeah. one way to do it. Starts yeah. help, but really, what it is, our staff are going around personally asking yeah. people. Yeah. It's the it's the roll up your sleeves, hard work of asking people. Yeah. Uh, I've noticed our church growing this last three years uh, through one very innovative technique which is not at all so if i see somebody new right. i go up hey i'm the pastor i'll take you out for a coffee and explain it to you if you wow, want that old-fashioned stuff oh yeah yeah it's like going like blowing up the cafe tables and actually putting us on rows and, and going from an evening service to a sunday morning yeah, service yeah. Thunk. so yeah i'm the pastor i'll have it so it's interesting so those i had three coffees this week yeah of uh and um i don't know of a family i've had a coffee with that they haven't stayed yeah. and they just come and yeah. stay. And so, yeah, so part of it is the processes. So uh, I think in my mind, people processes and product. Yeah. So, so, so I've got hardworking people yeah. that, uh, that we're not siloed. We, in our staff meetings, we, we tackle the problems of the church, yeah. not just of our, our individual things. So yeah. our youth pastor, our children's pastor, they're out welcoming if they find a new person they yeah. bring them to yeah, me yeah, yeah, so yeah. i can have a, yeah. a coffee with them yeah. if i find a good youth worker i'm, I'm so uh so i've got great people yeah. uh processes you know we're trying to run you know the systems uh, we're bad at systems and we're slowly putting them in but if you've come in you know you get the card to fill out the card you get the gift yeah. in the mail yeah. right <laughs> like who else yep. everybody yep. does that yeah yeah <laughs> and uh so we do that then then basically we have an evening where we get them all together as many as we can and and uh, shoot the vision of the church and often those are the ones that stay yeah. that come out to those events yeah. and we do it all again yeah, 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 and we yeah. do it all again yeah so uh so per and and then we just try to make things quality as quality as we can right, good right, quality music right. good quality preaching uh environment that's that's as best quality as we can yeah. we're not over the top but it's the best we can afford right yeah 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 though so it's it's interesting that the 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 idea of the culture and and the prayer first thing it's uh uh i don't know i this, this summer, you know, my son who attends your church got mm -hmm. married and the guys were at our house getting dressed on mm -hmm. the morning of the, the, the wedding. And I don't know, there was this moment when these guys who've been in prayer groups mm -hmm. at the church yeah, over the yeah. years, and there was one fellow who wasn't a believer, but, uh, <laughs> you know, Ian just said, okay, it's time to pray, guys. It's awesome. <laughs> and they all gathered around, laid hands on Jared, yeah. and each of them prayed. And it, it was, you know, okay, I've, you know, I've yeah. done weddings. Yeah. <laughs> That's not the thing. That, and then, literally, in the wedding ceremony hmm. itself, the, the officiant, the minister yeah. there, uh, got the bridesmaids and the groomsmen mm. to all come around the couple after he'd done all yeah. the wedding stuff just before the announcement and had all of these people lay hands mm. at the front of the gathering and pray for with all these like fantastic 
I, the culture is being passed on. Yeah, yeah. Praise God. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. Off the top of your head, if, uh, if somebody that some... Uh, well, you've had some church planters leave your church and start new churches. Yes. What's your, what's your best advice that you would give to those type of people? Oh, yeah. What did you give to <laughs> some of those? Those two. <laughs> yeah. I know of anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, basically buckle in for the long haul. This is this is going to, you're an entrepreneur, and uh, this is going to be hard, but it, it's worth it. Uh, so the hard work, you're looking at 16 hour plus days, yeah. and just get used to that. Um, and uh, do the don't and and learn and, and experiment like we could have been locked into that evening service yeah. but we had to do the gulp for the morning yeah. service yeah. we we saw the ch the you know the cafe tables weren't working yeah. we had to give up the the, the vibe of being the cool yeah. you know and so we just we, learning organization well, how can we make yeah. this better how can we make yeah. this better yeah. but we're all pointing to to the idea of what we knew what we're here for to reach yeah. the un, unreached yeah. and to see them transformed in the image yeah. of christ so reach and transform so yeah get ready for hard work and uh and don't give up and learn like crazy yeah. I, I think th those yeah, would those be are, the things those, are good. Those, are good. those resonate with me that's for sure well dave i want to <clears throat> thanks for taking this time yeah. just to reflect on this story uh, of the good, the bad, the ugly <laughs> over the years, and, uh, and really uh, a story of God's blessing. Uh, and uh, Lord, bless you and the ministry here. Thank you. All right, that was Dan Sheffield and Dave Overholt talking about Church on the Rock in Hamilton. Really cool spot. I love how they've stuck to their guns and, and stayed with young people for such a long time. Yeah. That's a beautiful story. I think so too. And I love the I love that he was sharing that like they never intentionally meant to plant a church. Like that's not what they intended to do, but that they they were having this thing and people started coming and and as people got older and had kids, they said, "You know what? Sunday nights don't really work for us. We kind of need to have something in the day." And they they essentially um they went they went ahead and planted. But I love that Dave shares that they spent an entire year praying about it. And they took the time to discern um, and really spent the time to discern if this is what they, they were sensing that they needed to do. And so I love that, that he took the time to do it. A year is like, things move quick, man. A year feels like a long time when you've got this pressing need. So I really appreciate that that he did that and took that time to do that. I think that's a great a great principle to remember and, uh, and that they're continuing to focus on young adults and, and youth. That's They could have changed what they did, but they... They didn't. They're still focusing on that, even though they have older people in their congregation now. So it was a great interview. I, I enjoyed it. And I I'm thankful to Dan for uh, for reaching out and grabbing that. And if you want to check out Church on the Rock, simple website, www.churchontherock.ca. So you can find out more about what they do if you're in the Hamilton area and you want to check it out. I think that's really a, a, an interesting thought, El. Uh, I mean, a lot of what people start, uh, sometimes church planning does happen by accident. I mean, eventually you have to be serious and, and do it on purpose, but sometimes we don't set out to plant churches. And when we just start things, 
uh, these these communities of Jesus followers uh, are born. And that's uh, that's why New Leaf exists. That's what we care about. That's why we want starters getting out there, trying new stuff, not just because it could become a church, although that would be awesome, but because starting just creates new things and new possibilities and and new potential in the in the Canadian environment. And that's exactly what we need to see. So if you're out there and you've got an idea, um, what we're all about is trying to help you uh, just get started. So just do it. Absolutely. Uh, if people want to um, join the New Leaf conversation, they want to be a part of what we're doing, uh, how, do they, how do they tune in? The best way to do that is our website, www.newleafnetwork.ca, or our Facebook page where we're posting all our events and the stuff that we're doing, blogs, podcasts, conversations. You know, it's an open table here at New Leaf. We want to be connecting with you. So um, feel free to connect with us. We would love to hear from you. Reach out. If you've got an idea, if you want to give something a try, um, if you're just wondering what's up, please don't be shy. We would love to hear from you and connect. That's how all these great events have been happening across Canada. It's people just reaching out and saying, hey, I know someone you should talk to, or hey, I want to try this thing in my in my neighborhood or in my city and we are happy to walk alongside of you so feel free to reach out we'd be happy to hear from you all right friends until next time bye bye